What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. Again, that is 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports-related that you want to bring to the airways, feel free to do that. And anything that we're discussing on to docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, don't forget it's at SportsGrind. And also, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, you can go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment, or you can just go to my personal page, and you can leave comments during the stream, and I'll react to those in real time if I don't. Then I'll react to those later. And also, don't forget, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. Bartlett. What's up? What's up, man? Uh, It is Monday. Ready to get the week uh, going. Uh, got a lot of stuff to recap over the weekend. You know how we do it. We're in the week six and going into seven in NFL pretty much. So you know how the routine's been here. Uh, but just we've got something different now because we've got Octubre has continued to going on. And we got baseball, postseason, Astros. They get it done. They sweep the Mariners. And what was a marathon game three? First time ever in postseason history. A game went scoreless, more than 16 innings. Um, I don't mind those type of games, uh, to be honest with you, Uh, but that was definitely a pitch and defensive game. But shout out. I told you, but I felt that Seattle really let that Justin Verlander game get away, and I just don't think they could ever overcome that. But credit to the Astros for getting that one done. Now that, of course, that that their 18-inning affair tops the previous 16 innings, which was just in the wild card between the Guardians and um, I've already forgotten who they just <laughs> who they just got done taken care of. Uh, but that was just in the wild card series. So now this is a question where this is our first postseason of baseball, real postseason, post-pandemic, everything like that. New rules are in place. They've gotten rid of the extra innings start, uh, runners starting on second. Um, rightfully should right okay so but but now you're seeing this these games go so deep and when it's consecutive games and back-to-backs and stuff like that with the pressure on it is is there a drive because they i mean they were they were about to have catchers pitching it's crazy you're asking me that because like i said salami texts me or i just text him hey man i don't know if you know but you know, I just told him, I said, it set a record for a scoreless game. Not an inning game, but just being a 0-0, no scores. Yeah, that, that was Cleveland so, before that. So, Cleveland before what? 
in the wild card. Cleveland broke that record. That was 16. And what was the score? It was 0-0. Okay. Cleveland right. set that new record this okay. postseason just about you. a week ago. Okay. And he said, you know what? He goes, I guarantee there will be headlines Monday. And some people will be saying about you should adopt this runner on second back again. And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't like the role on second anyway. I don't know why they decided to bring it back. It's supposed to be for COVID in that shortened season. But I don't know why they brought it back. And I don't know if you're going to bring it back. I don't know why you don't have it for the postseason. You should have just done away with it. But I, I don't hope it does not come back. No. Um, you know, very rarely. That doesn't happen all the time. When you get in those games, it makes the excitement of it. It's who's got the deeper bullpen. Who can go? It's going to affect the next game. We don't need to start with a runner on second. I think that's such a disadvantage to the pitcher. I don't care who it is. But anyway, so you got postseason baseball. So credit to the Astros. They're going to wait on the Yankees and the the uh, Guardians, which they have a uh, do or a winner take all situation tonight in the Bronx. Uh, that's getting going. Also, the Phillies, man, take care of the defending champs, the Braves, led by Harper. You know, Bryce is balling, and you know him and Trout are forever linked. You know, they came out around the same time. You know, they were the golden child, the Wonder Boys. You know, Bryce got paid, and we know the situation about Trout. You know, Trout. He's only been in there one time. His numbers was eh, and he hasn't been able to get back. Well, Bryce has been on. If you look at it, Bryce has always had good numbers. He's just been on some bad national teams. You know, some of them teams really were getting plummeted, just like the time they, I think they played the Braves. But Bryce still had some good numbers. He's on fire right now in Philly. You know, he's saying this is why he came here to win here. They're on fire. And, again, I think this is year 18, 19. We're probably going more than that. I can't remember. But this continues without a repeat champion in baseball. It's been a long, long time. So we're not having it again this year since the Braves already out. Also, 100, what was it? 110 wins, I think, or more. The Dodgers, they're going home to their big, their their little brother. You know, this is really the. I feel this is what you know the Padres has been working toward in the last, I would say, four years. I mean, they definitely went all in at the trade deadline with Hatter and also Soto, and they gave up most of their farm team. But this is the reason why to get over uh, Big Brother. You could tell by Manny Machado, man, celebrating with his shirt off the whole time and and dropping f bombs on Fox. You can say it meant a lot to them, you know. And keep in mind, this is without their best player. The best players doing a bid, doing a PED bid. And they made. And I'm going to tell you this right now because I know I got Dodgers fans listed to the show. And this is another conversation. This is the reason why some people don't really credit the Dodgers World Series in that, that COVID year. For one, it was a shortened season. So everybody's numbers was out of whack. Okay, and things are different when you kind of fade. You see what happens kind of with the Yankees and some of these teams. Like you go to 162, you have a lead, you start fading. The bottom line, I'm going to tell you, I think Roberts, the manager, he's suspect. He's made a lot of weird decisions in the years that they don't win it in the last few years. It was a weird decision he made the other night without getting the guy that had his basically change up going. Sometimes you just can't go with just the, well, the chart says we need to bring in this guy. You could have stuck with him. But Roberts is suspect. They've got four, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw they got four 100-plus win seasons. And in those years, they've got zero titles to show for it, I think. So, to me, I know the Magic Johnson group and everybody, they like Roberts, you know, former player, like him in the organization, but they're underachieving, the Dodgers. I mean, yes, they're winning division titles. They're there every year. But there's been some 100-plus team wins that are going home. So, the Dodgers are going home. 
Okay, and then we'll see what happens tonight in that do or die. The Indians trying to pull off the ST dub, shock the world. I mean, I think if not the lowest, this has to be one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Speaking of the Guardians. So they're going to try to go and get Goliath tonight. I told you the Yankees are going to have to fight like hell to get out of this series. The next series with the Astros, whoever, because I just don't believe in their pitching. It's looked a little bit better. You know, Guardians is a team that really basically struggles scoring runs, but they play old school baseball. I like it. They went in the bottom of the ninth the other day and needed five hits. They, I mean, they wasn't doing anything, but got had a five-run inning. I think it was like in the eighth inning or something like that. So that's going to be an interesting one tonight. College football, we had coming off a weekend of college football. Um, the biggest story, of course, not a big story to me, but the number one team, Alabama, goes down. Told y'all this time last week that this was the game that they were going to lose. I'll tell you the reason why. And also got a question asked about Alabama, which is just really the reality of where we're at. Uh, but Alabama goes down. They slipped out of the AP top five. We'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, props to Tennessee, though. Uh, definitely. You know, I know, like, I saw the picture surfacing around with Peyton Manning. I'm like, hey, I'm glad he's in the locker room. The man donated a lot of money to that that university he's played there it's about time he can go into a Vols locker room in september october the football locker room and have a smile on his face i mean they snapped a 15 game losing streak against alabama okay they're gonna take that fine got fined a hundred thousand for rushing the field though sec doesn't play that but they'll pay that fine you know everybody plays i mean it's it's everybody's national championship every week when you play Alabama, but I'll get into more into that that game. I want to circle back to that. But Texas, uh, Texas was able to go ahead and keep it going. Uh, they dodged a bullet in Ames. And, and the way that Iowa State played Texas, because first of all, on Friday, I said this game should be over at halftime. And that's when if you're Texas and you're coming down a beat down on Oklahoma, you know, you're talking about a team that showed up. And we're just talking about when Ewers is healthy and he played healthy at Alabama. Well, if we had him, we would have went. You shouldn't be struggling with a in Ames, Iowa. Now, I will tell you this. I tell you that I really believe that Iowa State's downfall was when the Nebraska rumors came out with Campbell. You know, they show what type of team they could be. But that's the reason why they've got to adopt some type of, you know, the NCAA is pretty much dead as we know it. We, they just haven't come up with a name yet. They're just waiting until everybody get their TV deals and realignment done, and then we'll be done with the NCAA. But whatever they're going to call it or whatever they form, they're going to have to do something about tampering with college coaches. You know, they got to really do something like that. If they have it at the NFL level, and you have it at other professional sports. You got to go ahead and have it at college. It's getting into that that that, that neighborhood of business that, that you know that you conduct, and you got other coaches and other universe. You know, it's affecting other people that's made decisions as well too. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. NBA uh, gets going tomorrow night. You know, uh, then we'll have everybody up and going on Wednesday. I think who are we having in tomorrow, uh, Jonas, NBA preview? Uh, right. Keith Smith of Spotrack and CelticsBlog.com. We've yeah, had we've him had on him here before. before. Okay, yeah. um, you know, he was he was going because his work with Spotrack looks a lot at the salaries and cap and cap potential and stuff like that. Obviously, the Spurs are nowhere near spending. But he, he, he's got an issue um, with how he wants the Spurs to approach this year. A lot of hmm. uh, young talent out there that other teams are releasing from their rosters over this weekend that he thinks – 
there's some players that San Antonio could move on from uh, and, and look at these other people as just you know opportunities moving forward if they're trying to bottom out now? Well, anybody that's an outsider that's got an issue with the Spurs, I'm, I'm happy to talk to them because it's always better to get somebody on the outside that's not jaded by a bunch of HEB uh, commercials and a bunch of local lo- yahoos that'll just tell you everything's good. All we got to do is pack 70 in the dome, and that's all we're playing for this year. They'll all tell you that. So it's good to get an outsider in. But NBA, we're ready to get going. Uh, you know, the big story, of course, you know, Golden State's going to get their rings tomorrow. The Lakers are coming in. I mean, the biggest story about the Lakers is, you know, Darvin Ham, first-year head coach. You know, they're telling Westbrook, like, hey, man, need help with this second unit. I don't need you to come off the bench. It's not a demotion. That's what they're calling it. First of all, there's been, I mean – you know, the shame, the scarlet letter S that you used to have to wear, the shame that you went from the starter to the bench was really put to bed with some of the six men that have won this award over the last 10, 15 years. Okay, I understand where Westbrook is, but you know what? I credit Ham, and you know what? I've seen a few of Lakers preseason games. I like what they're trying to do. They're trying to play fast, and they're trying to play up the push. I like that. And you know what? Westbrook might be able to help that second unit out, but it all comes down to health with Anthony Davis. I'll just tell you that. But Golden State, everybody knows about the drama between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole got paid over the weekend. You know, I guess they feel like, hey, man, give him some hush money, man. Get a kid. Just go and give him the contract. You know, uh, he didn't look right to me in the press conference yesterday. You know, they finished their last preseason game. Still looked. I know it's still raw emotions. I mean, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, Jordan Poole is a young man uh, first. And, you know, part of his manhood, you know, when that comes out and the whole world will see it, you just you feel a certain way that you just don't get over that. I understand Draymond's apologized. I understand, you know, hey, Jordan's like, hey, I'm just trying to hang more banners here. Let's move on. But it's going to take some while. It's going to take some time. You know, uh, now the GM, like I told you, make no mistake about it, the owner of the Golden State Warriors. It's probably the one owner that comes to my mind that understood what he has and in the moment he's at. He he's sparing no expense. He was asked the other day, like, "Hey, man, are you aware of the luxury tax money? You know, you got Jordan Poole and you just gave Wiggins. You're gonna." He goes, "Yeah, I know it. I'm aware of it. I know what the number is. They're at a half a billy this year." But you know what? He understands he's in the middle of a dynasty run. Okay, I saw a team down here on East Houston Street, small market, two one zero, in the middle of a dynasty run, and they got frugal. And, and and they got frugal. Think about it. Go to states in the Bay Area. Look what they can. They've got competition. You know, that's borderline L.A. West. Coast. I mean, you still. Yeah, I mean, the A's are going through that. Maybe no. But you're talking about still fans for Raiders that are still from Oakland. But they still, even though they moved to Bay, you're competing with things. The Giants are around that area. I mean, and, and the guys spare no expense because he understands the type of team he has. Okay. They want $30, $40 million for Scola to come out. I'm not paying. What? No. Man, that's the difference. That's the difference. But you know what? Going forward, that's what I told you. You got to have owners with big pockets. Big pockets. But the NBA gets going tomorrow, so we'll uh, have that preview. But today... We've got to start with recapping, and then we'll work into some of these college games. We're going to recap the NFL, okay, before we put a bow on it tonight. We'll definitely get to that Monday matchup tonight between the L.A. Chargers and Denver Broncos that are coming to town. And that game tonight, I mean, it's big for both. I mean, I think the loser of that game is going to check in to AFC West ICU unit. 
you know, whoever loses this game tonight, but we'll get to that. But I want to start as we get ready to go to the break and come back in regards to the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, who Dallas see their four-game winning streak snapped, okay, by the hands of their division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, game pretty much went the way I expected for the most part. Okay, told you on Friday that I felt that this is the weekend and this is the game that Cooper Rush was going to have to make some plays in the passing game because this was Dallas's best offensive line they faced this season by far, just like this was the best defensive line that Philly had faced up to this point. Okay, rough night for the most part for Cooper. And I will say this, all you Dak Prescott, okay, the ones, it wasn't all, it wasn't, all, it wasn't everybody, but all you Dak Prescott's like, hey, Cooper, look at Cooper, look at Cooper's deep ball, look at him, you know, hey, all I'm saying, look how much you pay, the Dwayne's of the world. Sit down somewhere, man, because that's the reason why I'm telling you that Cooper Rush is showed last night he's a backup. He's done a hell of a job. But that showed you to beat the upper echelon teams, beat a guy that's just in his second year, not even two years competing the system, me and Jalen Hurts. He didn't even know if he could play in the NFL. Okay? So my point is that's the difference between Dak Prescott and basically Cooper Rush. Now, if they had Dak last night with their one, I don't know, but it would have been a closer game because the game wasn't even as close as the score indicated. It really wasn't. And I told you, and I told all of y'all, there's levels to this thing. Dallas is back in. They've got a dominant D-line. They're one of the top D-lines. Their back end is suspect. It's suspect, and that's the reason why there's levels to defense. I don't put them up, even though they're dropping bodies out in the bay, I don't put them up there with the 49ers and a couple other defense because of the secondary. We'll get more into that game. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Bartlett's Spin the One and Two. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka, established in 1938. They have an uncompromising spirit. It's the kind they believe that turns players into icons. It's 100% grain to glass, and Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, so there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so before we get to the phones here, um, so about last night, yeah, so to me, you know, first of all, I mean, Philly, and I don't know the update of them, but they they lose their key, I think, believe, left tackle, their lineman. He goes out, and then that's when the game becomes a little bit more manageable for Dallas because I believe if he doesn't get hurt, they were going to run all over Dallas last night. Okay, um, but we'll never know. That's why I feel like the game wasn't as close as what even the score indicated. Uh, but that is the difference between the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys with a backup quarterback. The environment, the crowd that was lathered up, not being really in that situation, uh, you know, Sunday night game. And again, with Dallas, I think, too, it just comes down, again, to penalties. And I've said this, too. I, I, this is the other reason why that, you know, I, I pumped the brakes on Dallas's defense because they get a lot of penalties in bad situations. And then it comes down to yesterday, the head, you know, uh, you know that whole coaching staff reared his ugly head, you know, on a play that was ruled short of the first down of CeeDee Lamb stretching over. That's on. I mean, everybody's piling on Mike McCarthy, but that's for whoever that person is up front, upstairs in that box. His job. Now, if they don't have anybody, which every team that I know has a guy, their solely job is to look at replays to see if we need to challenge that or not. So, due to the fact that they didn't challenge that play, that's a failure again on a coach's. I mean, I've given them credit through this through this uh, winning streak. Because everybody left them for dead. But like I've always said on this show, I just talk in real time of what I see, regardless of what I predict or what, who, who thought or who was supposed to do what. And the reality of it is they reared their ugly head last night in a blunder that maybe if they challenge, a lot of people feel they would have got overturned first down. But I don't know if that really would have made a difference. I mean, Philly looked like 
there are the better. And what did I tell you Friday? I told y'all that without anything leaking out, what I didn't get that. It was my gut feeling telling me that Philly all week was going to be talking about, hey, look at the stats. Our defense is good, too. And their defense came out to show that, hey, we're a good defense, too. We're the team that's leading the league in sacks as a team. Slay, the cornerback, a pick. You know, he's been balling this year. You know, I know that, um, you know, I know Dan Olosky, I know he went out and said, well, Slay's the best corner in the league right now. No, he's not. Best corner in the league is the guy that's playing tonight in the second year. The stats back it up. Slay, you know, first of all, I don't really – Slay's been playing better over here than he did with Detroit. I never see him – I mean, he had that – he played yeah, well in Detroit. Yeah, he yeah. did, but I never looked at Slay as that guy like, man, we can't throw that way. But this year with Philly, he's kind of making that away. And, again, Kellen Moore kept being stubborn, kept going that way. Like, look, man, y'all got one receiver that can really basically stretch the field or basically do whatever. That's CD. You throw it. I mean, Gallup just came out of the tub. And you're testing Slay like that? But, hey, if you would have asked Dallas fans after week one when that buzzer went 0-0 and Tom beat him again, if you would and the diagnosis came out that morning, Dak out six to eight weeks or four to six weeks, every Dallas fan would have signed up for four and two with him coming back versus the Lions. So Cooper did what he was supposed to do. He didn't wreck the Ferrari. He got a little in over his head last night to show that there is levels to this. He's not better than Dak. Dallas is not better with, with Cooper than Dak. But he did his job. And he put some film out there for other teams that they want to sit there and take a dice roll and say, man, we ain't going to run the system you get over here, but can you really play? That's what he did. Everybody that's a Dallas fan would have signed up for four and two going into Detroit. Now, I will tell you this. Detroit's coming off a of bye week. Dallas is laying a big number against Detroit. I don't know about that with Detroit coming up by week. Detroit did have a number one offense for a while, believe it or not. You know? So I don't know if that, that that's not a game. I don't think that you can just chalk it up to where, hey, that's coming back there. He's going to have to get in rhythm. It's going to take him some games to get in rhythm. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Dwayne. Dwayne, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Texas and Waco. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on, man? And see, I'm not candy, man. You don't have to say my name five times. All you gotta do is say it one time. I'm gonna pull up. Okay, let's take Cooper. Let's take Cooper Rush all up. Let's take Cooper Rush all out this because Friday I said you can't win a Super Bowl with Cooper Rush. Let's take that out of the equation. I've been on this Dak Bashing train ever since last year against the 49ers. Only thing I was saying was, because I don't like to uh, get my words misconstrued, let me articulate myself a little bit better. Only thing I was saying was, when I seen that game against the 49ers, I said, this is not the guy you can win a Super Bowl with. And, number two, it doesn't take a lot to go 16 and 24 against teams over 500 since you got your little, twi- your little Twitter minions want to say stuff and, and bring up numbers on third down efficiency and all this. Okay, men and women lie, numbers don't. 16 and 24, probably be 25. I don't think they was counting that Tampa Bay win yet. Against teams over 500, it don't take a lot. It don't take a lot to do that. That's the only thing I was saying. And let me get back to this corporate Christy Beats that I'm enjoying. Holla. All right, Dwayne. Well, first of all, you just put – I know you've been critical of Dak through the years, but you basically tried to steer this narrative that they were going to – they were better without – you know, with Cooper Rush. Look – 
I'm first of all, I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with this coaching staff. I can name you three, four, five coaches can win a Super Bowl with Dak because he's going to get better coaching. And it's going to be about football 100% of the, 90% of the time. And Dallas, it's about football 60% of the time. It's a culture thing. It is what it is. Some of the same mistakes are happening with this regime that happened under Jason Garrett. Same thing. And it was fire Jason Garrett. It was this and that. It's the culture problem. It starts at the top. So before we say, well, I don't know. I think you can win a Super Bowl with that. Before you go and say, well, you can't win a Super Bowl with that. Cuba the question, the million dollar question is, can you win a Super Bowl with this coaching staff who pretty much was sleep at the getaway wheel? Like somebody ran out the bank with the mask on. They had the Nixon mask. They had the Jimmy Carter mask, man, and the bank robbery. And somebody was at the wheel on the instant replay. And you just got caught. And everybody got about to do a 15 to 20 year bid. Because your ass fell asleep at the wheel. On this coaching staff that Dak has to work with, fell asleep at the wheel on should we challenge that or not. What the hell are they watching? They surfing porn on the internet upstairs or something? How the hell? Like, you ain't challenge. Like, how? That is close enough to where, like, hey, man, maybe we should look at that. That is not really. It's kind of on McCarthy, but it's really not. It's got to be on whoever's up top up there. But we can move on. Everybody was signed up for four and two. They were left for dead. So a lot of football left to be played. Philly has, I think, like a two-game lead on them. And, hey, everybody keep waiting for the shoe to drop on the G-Man and the Giants. You know, I hate this narrative, oh, well, this is the worst five-and-one team we ever see. No, it's not. They went in football games, and the head coach is probably in the clubhouse, the coach of the year. And they doing with a guy that they were ready to, <laughs> when this class comes out, they doing with a guy that they were ready to leapfrog off of in Danny Dimes and Barkley, which was left for dead as a bust. The Giants are 5-1. and one. They, they, they showed some resolve against the Ravens. They get it. So we can't just talk about Philly being a two-game lead now. The Giants, even though Dallas has already won, they're already won up, I'll give them on that. But Giants don't look like they're going anywhere. I mean, they look like they're going to be fighting for this division of the wild card. Because the more you win, the more confidence you get. 1-800-707-9760. Also, yesterday in the NFL, before we go into college, uh, a couple other things. Um, AFC rematch, championship rematch between Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. Bills victorious, 24-20. to Um I just felt the Bills were going to come in that situation to win that game regardless of what happened. And the crazy thing about it is I don't even think Bills played that good. Bills wasn't humming yesterday. There were some things that was up and down, but you know what? That shows how good they are. They still got the victory. And, again, these games against offenses that can move the ball or a quarterback that is threatened or a good overall team is really when the Tyreek Hill situation shows up. You can't see it. I'm not saying it's glaring like a sore thumb, like, damn, they missed Tyreek. They're still moving the ball, but it just makes the difference in the world the way defenses can play Kansas City. And I'll keep saying this. I know they've got a little injuries. Them corn, them secondaries that they drafted out of Kansas City, I know when guys really got that it when they hit the ground. You know, corner is the one of the toughest transitions, they say, to transfer from Saturdays to Sunday because the rules are different. It's called different. 
That's why you get a lot of rookies that come in out of college. They might be all world at, you know, Pac-12, SEC or whatever. But the rules are called they're pass interference. They're taught like, hey, man, you get beat, just tackle them. 15, no, man, you do that in the NFL, it's a spot foul. I can tell when rookies got that it to play. These two cats out of Kansas City and they secondary, they suspect, man. They suspect. They're going to be dealing with that all. See, if they run up against teams that got some receivers that can throw the deep ball, those cornerbacks got the wobbly boot. Other than that, Bills did what they couldn't do last January, and that was to end the game on defense. Patrick didn't see the guy coming, made a hell of a play, ball game. That game probably is going to be, if they're going to see each other again, it's going to probably be in Orchard Park. Now, Tony Romo and them kind of spilt the beans uh, yesterday and Jim Nance talking about, hey, we're going to see this game again next year. You know what? It's going to be here again, which is totally ridiculous. Like, switch it up, man. When you had, even if you had Peyton, they're going to force this down our throat to be Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. They're going to schedule this game every year while these guys are in their primes. Just get ready for it. It's going to be here every week. But my thing is switch it up, man. Hell, even in Tom Brady and Peyton, they had to go. Tom had to go to the RCA Dome. Uh, Peyton had to go to Foxborough. What the hell is just in Kansas City, man, all the damn time? You know, don't disrespect Bill Mafia like that. That's a big game they won. Got to give them credit. And Bills had their B game. They didn't play good at all. Offenses. They tried a little bit. They earned a little respect to me to try to run the ball a little bit yesterday. Still not there. There's still a little bit too much on Josh Allen. But, man, he put that ball on a dime to Knox. Knox is also another tight end that doesn't get a little love. I, I forget about Knox. Knox doesn't get respect. Knox is not in that level of, you know, uh, Andrews. You know, Kittle, Kelsey, Kelsey yeah. he's not there. But but Knox is like, he's damn near on that next tier down there. He he does a lot for Buffalo that a lot of people don't see. 1-800-707-9760. Packers. Jets. Plus eight was a Christmas gift, man. Green Bay ain't better, eight points better than nobody right now. Nobody. Jets go in there, young team. Still got milk on their tongues. They, half that team still gets carded. No experience. But what they got? They got a, a head coach in Sala that was a defensive coordinator when they slapped Aaron Rodgers' ass out of the postseason back-to-back -back years. He got the scheme for him in LaFleur. This Green Bay team got problems, man. And this defense that came out playing all right week one, two, what I tell you? Packers defense every year, man. Ever since Don Capers, and that was a long time ago. That was the last time they won a Super Bowl. Every defensive coordinator that they have tried, and every they'll start hot or whatever by week six. It's starting earlier this year. By week five, that defense starts backslide. They don't have the same energy. Okay? Involved in scandal and whatever the hell, whatever the hell you say is now, whoever the hell that guy is over there. Valdez. Valdez. Or whatever. Don't get salty at Sauce because he got the cheese head on and now you want to knock it off? Oh, no, you're talking about Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, but yeah, no, Valdez but who's the receiver? Is, no, the okay, who's the already... receiver that knocked it off then? It was a Green Bay receiver because he had it on and the Green Bay receiver took took exception to it. Off the fact and, and not one, Yeah, Valdez you're right. Yeah, he's in Kansas City, City right my now. bad. Don't get salty on that. You should have stopped him. And like I said, we pick and choose in the media and who we want to pile on. 
There's a guy that's going to play tonight that basically is five games in and a new system for the first time tenure. Got a rookie coach, offense struggling. There's a guy that's been in the same system for about three or four years, and they can't score points either, and he played last night against the Jets and, and, and Aaron Rodgers. There's a guy in Tom Brady, offense is ranked bottom in the 20-something two, decided to go ahead and go to a wedding of Robert Kraft and skipped walkthrough on Saturday. He should be ripped. Speaking of Tom Brady, his offense ain't scoring either. Against Pittsburgh. Who is Pittsburgh shut down like that since TJ Watt? But see, the thing of it is, nobody's saying anything ever because all the focus is on the guy that's basically trying to live a good life. The life by the Lord and by the name of Russell. Everybody hate, everybody picking, oh, because he got 250. Aaron got paid too this offseason, guaranteed. All right? Tom Brady said he was done and then came back. And they can't put up points either. And he's bitching out linemen on the sideline, but his ass went to. And the, the thing that gets me is come out today, Robert Kraft, he didn't even tell anybody it was a wedding. It was a surprise. He didn't tell anybody he was marrying his significant other. They just thought they were coming to a football event. And then Tom still skips walk through. He should be getting ripped today, but it's silence. Because I understand he's the GOAT. But we want to throw stones at this brother tonight. Because he's always in a good mood. Because he got two fifty. He's in the fifth game of a new offense, man. But these guys been in the same offense, whatever, just stinking it up offensive low eyes. One of them, and what are we we about to we finding out what? Was it Devontae Adams or is it Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers, and I tell you, if they hobble around 500, you're gonna see the real true character continue to come out of that man. And then he, he does it again last night. In the press conference, well, I just think we need to simplify things. And then when somebody from the Cheesehead Gazette or whoever the hell down there covers them pushes back on him and say, hey, well, what do you mean? Is that scheme-wise? And he can't, well, it's kind of all of both. You know, I'm not really trying to, you know, call anybody out, but I just think we need to simplify. Uh, yeah, LaFleur. You two-faced bastard. That's exactly what you're doing. You did the same thing to McCarthy. And just own it, man. Just own it. Like, yeah, dude, you telling them, hey, we need to simplify things. I feel sorry for true Packer fans because he's going to leave you in cap hell when he retires after next season. He ain't filling that contract out. He's one of the best to ever do it, but he's piss poor as a teammate and he's a piss poor talent to coach. And he's going to and it's going to follow with him because they, they're going to get better. They're going to win some games. But he's playing for championships and he's dropped the ball twice and he's acting like a jackass and we ain't even in the week seven. But we dissecting the brother that's playing tonight. 1-800-707-9760. What do you got? Before you leave the Packers, a couple things. Though. First off, the receiver uh, was uh, uh, Lazard. Oh, Alan Lazard, Lazard, my bad. So appreciate you, uh, Carl Polk and uh, Rodney there. Um, but when you look at the Packers' schedule, they're having a difficulty playing to the level of their competition, unless the Jets and the Giants are just better than what we thought they were coming into the season. But you've got you know, the close loss to the, to the Chiefs. Uh, sorry, that was a preseason. Uh, you got the uh, the Vikings, uh, got them twenty three to seven. Come back and beat the Bears, but you get you get the you beat the Bucks. You can hang on against the Patriots, but then you just go ahead and then the Patriots ran all over you if you if you're Green Bay. The Giants ran all over you, and then of course the Jets just run all over you too. And now you you would look at the schedule if you're Green Bay coming into the preseason, and you say, oh, a win, 
A win, a win. Now you've got the Commanders coming into town, and you got Brian Robinson uh, who bounced him back off that gunshot injury, and he could be poised for a big week. Well, I just feel the Packers. We can slice it, we can dice. They're just not. They're not as good as they were last year. Told y'all in August they wasn't going to be as good as last year. Look at the Vikings. What's the Vikings record? Five one. I didn't think the Vikings were going to be able to go down in hot humidity of Miami. And it, what a difference a year makes in the calendar. Last year, Miami didn't know if they wanted anything to do with Tua. They were DMing Deshaun's agent and everything else. Look at it now. They need Tua. They need Tua. That's a different Miami offense and a different Miami team, even on the other side of the ball, without Tua. You listen to the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back.